Okay, good morning, Rishos Rabbi Krohn. So we are at the very bottom of Lamid Vav Amid Beis. Um, just to orient ourselves a little bit, um, we're talking about a few scenarios, essentially where um, a man marries or does yibum with a woman prior to the time frame that he's supposed to after her first husband passes away. So for example... Um, a, a man dies and you're supposed to wait, let's say, three months before you do Yibam. He does Yibam in an earlier time than that. And then, you know, they talk about assorted cases. If you find that, that the woman is pregnant and there's discussion about whether, um, discussion about whether um, they should do, whether the, the child is considered viable or not and all that. So we're going to pick up sort of in the middle of that conversation. So we're going to start from um, Amar Amar of Ashi or of Hoshia, which is about six lines from the bottom. If you're following the art scroll, it's on thirty-six B three. Amar Leir of Ashi or of Hoshia, Bereder of Edi, Hasamta. We learned in a Bereisa. Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel Omer, Kol Shashaha Baadam Shloshim Yom Eino Nefel. So any um, baby that lives for 30 days is clearly not a nafil. A nafil is considered a, a baby that didn't survive 30 days and is considered not a viable child. And that makes a, a, a distinction when you talk about, for example, in Yibam, if it was a viable child or not, whether the whether the um, there's a need for Yibam or not. If it, wasn't a, if it was a viable child, then perhaps there isn't a need for Yibam. If there wasn't a viable child, then perhaps there is a need for Yibam. So, according to this opinion, any child that lives 30 days is clearly not an afel. And if a child that lives less than 30 days, it's considered to be a suffix about whether it's considered a viable child. So you don't know if it, was, if it died because it was not a viable child or it died for some other reason. So therefore, according to that opinion, it will be a suffix. We learned that if a baby dies within 30 days... Um, so again, here's a situation. This is a situation where the father, the father um, dies, and there's going to be a yibum situation, and as a result, or maybe not, let's see, based on that the the baby who was the only child of the father who died, father died, and the baby died within thirty days. and the mother went ahead and got um, was mekadesh to a man, right? So. Um, so but that what that would mean is that if the, practically speaking, if the child was a viable child, then she really has no issue anymore of Yibum, because if there's a child, then she's no, she's not connected to the brothers. If there isn't a child, she is connected to the brothers. So she went ahead and she got, and get, got married to this other person. Ravina Mishmei the Rava Amar, he says, Im Eishas Yisrael, he chaletzes, if she is the, um, a Yisrael, the wife of Yisrael, in other words, her, her new husband is not a Kohen, she should do Chalitza, meaning because it's a suffix, there's a possibility that that maybe she should have done Yibam, maybe not. Let her do Chalitza now, and, and everything should be wonderful. Vim Eishas Kohen, he ain't no But if she's an Eishas Kohen, the wife of a Kohen, she should not do Chalitza. The reason she should not do Chalitza is that there's a rule that a Kohen is not allowed to be married to someone who has done Chalitza. So it's kind of given the Kohen, it's, a, it's recognizing the fact that it, it's, it would cause it to be impossible for them to remain married 
um, if it was a Kohen. Therefore, the Kohen does not have to do Chalitza in that case. Rav Mesharshei Mishmei Darava, he says, so remember, the first opinion is Ravina Mishmei Rava. They're both, he's quoting Rava. In this case, Rav Mesharshei is quoting Rava. And he says, Achazuv, Achazu Chalitzas. In both cases, Chalitza is required. Whether or not it's a Kohen or a Le- or Yisrael, you have to do Chalitza. So, you have two different people, both quoting the same person, saying different things. Amalei Ravina Lerav So he says to Rav Mesharshei, all right, here's what happened. Ba'orta Amarav HaHachi. At night, Rava said she has to do Chalitza, even if she is was had done Kiddushin with a Kohen. With Safra, in the morning, Hadarbei. The Safra, he, he thought it over again, and he said, you know what, maybe not. If it's not a Kohen, he doesn't have to worry about it. So Amalei, Ramasharsha, channeling Arnon, said to Ravina, Shariso, you're going to let him do this? Hey, Rava, the Tishashrei af tarba. Maybe, maybe you'll allow us to have forbidden forbidden animal fats as well. You'll let us allow other things to happen as well. Like, how do you how do you come up with this um, this kula where you allow something that's in the- theoretically forbidden to happen? So, um, so continuing on, Hachinami Mubera, so they come up with a similar case. Um, so you have somebody who um, who had his his friend is his friends. So the woman is is pregnant with the white with the her with per, with another person's child umenekas or she's nursing chavero she's nursing meaning that she is it's not the right you know he's supposed to wait a certain amount of period of time when between one marriage and another. Um, and she's married to Kohen. Me avid rabbanon to kantel Kohen. Hello. Do you have a similar dispensation if she went ahead and married somebody when she was pregnant, or went ahead and married somebody um, if she's a Kohen, where you say, you know what, don't worry about it, you can stay together. Armale, um, he answered Ravashi, hachi hasha. This is this really a similar comparison? The cases aren't identical. Why? Bishla mahasam. In the case of the baby that died within thirty days. You will let you allow it to weigh You allow the the possibility of waving chalitza when it comes to a kohen. Cave and the ikarabban and the pligale the Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel because there are those who argue with Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel said that in those in this type of case you have to um, you have to leave the marriage or do chalitza right away. And there are those that, that argue, and the reason they argue is that in the case it goes back to what we said at the beginning when there's a baby. That that dies within the thirty days. It's a suffake. It's unclear whether it was a viable viable baby or not. So therefore, there are different opinions to rely on. The army afagav delo shehev vlad malyehi. Who says that? You know. So the other opinions would say that disagree with Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. They would say even though the baby didn't live for thirty days, it's still considered to be have been a viable child. And because it was a viable child, there's no need for Yibam or Chalitza, according to that opinion. So therefore, they rely on that opinion to um, to to allow the Kohen not to have to do Chalitza. Gavi Eishas Kohen, Kevidlo Efsharav, Yidon Karabana. But according to this case, where the person marries a Kohen, um, there's no there's no situation of not following following Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and following a different opinion. Because there's really no, everyone agrees that it's it goes the same way. There's not there's not that case of a suffix in that case. But here in our case with a woman who's pregnant or nursing, who do, who who would we be able to follow to say that the kohen does not have to um, leave her altogether? If it follows Rabbi Meir, 
Ha'amar Yotziv Lo Yachzer as he was even more strict. He said they have to get divorced and they're no never allowed to come back together. And if you follow the Rabbanan, Ha'amri Beget, they say that he has to he has to divorce her. So in either case, there's no one to follow in that instance to follow that other case. So um, now we have a you know something that's somewhat related. Itamar. You have a case of someone who got what did kedushin with a woman within three months of her, of either the divorce or the death of the first husband. Again, you're supposed to wait at least that period of time or longer um, before you get married. So you typically they would make the person get divorced or something. Ubarachat he ran away. He runs away. So they have a disagreement. First one says you put him in chayrim because they you know you're, he's supposed to have left his wife and all he did was run away. The chadamari rukim istayin. The other one said no, don't worry about it. The fact that he ran away and he's separating himself from his wife is fine. That's really ultimately what you're trying to accomplish is to make sure that they don't get together for a certain amount of time so you don't have a concern about figuring out um, who is the true father of this baby. Hi uvda. There was a case just like this for Amalehu Raphram. He said, you know, running away was good enough. So now going back to the to our original Mishnah, Safeg Ben Tisha. So you have a you have a, a case where you have um you have um a man and a woman are married and, and the, the man dies, and then the woman you find out is pregnant. And you, it's unclear if the if the child is a child of the first husband or the child is the father of the second husband. Um, and when it's saying Suffolk Bantisha, you don't know if it's a... So the baby is born after seven months, and you don't know if this was a nine-month child of the first husband or a seven-month child of the second husband. So you don't know what the situation is. Um, so in the case, it says he has to... The case back in the Mishnah, um, going back a little bit, just to quote the Mishnah, just a second. Uh, what Mishnah said... If you don't know whether it's it's a full nine month term of the first child or a, or a partial set or a seven month full term of the second child, you'll see that they have to separate. But Vavlad Kasher, the baby is considered Kasher, not a mamzer. It's considered a valid child. But they still have to bring an Asham Tali. Asham Tali is brought when there's a situation of doubt. It's doubt because if it was a case that it was the baby of the first husband, then, then there was no, then there was no need for there to be yibum between the two. If it was a case that it wasn't, if it was the baby of the second husband and not of the first husband, then it's fine, and they just did yibum. So it's a question of it's kind of a suffix situation. So they have to bring a um, a carbon. So Amale Rav Rav Nachman. Maybe we should follow the majority of women. What do the majority of women do? Rov Yalda. The majority of women give birth at nine months. So therefore, we should think that this is clearly by the rove. This is a child of the brother who died, and therefore um, the yavam and the yavama, who are now who are now just a brother and sister-in-law, who are not allowed to be married because there wasn't a case of of yibam necessary. It should be a invalid marriage, and they should bring a chatas, a true chatas, and not an ashim tali. It's not a uh, a case of a suffix. You assume all right, nine months. Must have been the child of the first husband. Yibum is not necessary, and therefore it's usher for the brother to marry his sister-in-law. Amalei, Rav Nachman answered him, Nashi Didan Yaldin. Where in our area the women give birth at seven months, 
So maybe it's not so clear that the, the majority is nine months. So Robert answered him, Amalei, Nashe, Didchu, Have, Ruba, Alma, are the women of your area the majority of the world? Just because you have women that give birth after seven months, don't the majority of the world give birth after nine months? Um, so he clarifies, Amalei, he says to Rabbi, Hachikamina, this is what I meant to say. Rov, Nashem, Yaldin, Latisha, Umiyat, Lashiva. The most women give birth at nine months, and a minority of them give also give birth at seven months. Um, and a woman who's going to give birth at nine months, she it's noticeable when she's a third of the way, when she's in her third month of pregnancy, that she's pregnant. So the fact that this would now be a month into the marriage of the second husband, you would know right away that it was a marriage from the first husband, because... Those same women, if they're giving birth at nine months, at, after three months, you would see they're they're noticeably pregnant. And the case of our Aviyavama, where the, where it's really the child of the second husband, since her since it was not noticeable after th- after three months, meaning three months from when she was with her first husband, she does not appear pregnant. Israel Eruba that you thought the majority of, of assuming that it was a nine-month pregnancy is weakened because you don't have the physical evidence that at three months she appears pregnant. So the Gemara asks, Is it that every woman who gives birth, birth at nine months, she's noticeably pregnant at three months? You know, there are women, you know, you, some women, when they're three months, they look like they're nine months pregnant. Some women, when they're three months, they look like they're not pregnant at all. Uh, so what you say, since you couldn't, you didn't notice at three months that she was pregnant. Maybe it's it's certainly a case. Can you say that maybe it's a, certainly the case that that it's a seven month pregnancy if she just does not appear pregnant at that period of time? So Gemara changes its, its perspective. Ella this is what they meant to say. In case of most women. Who give birth at no at nine months? It's fees, you could see the baby. You could see that she's noticeably pregnant at three months. The high In the case of her yavama, since you didn't notice that she was pregnant when she, when she appeared pregnant at a third three months, she's not following the majority. It's not that the majority is seven months or nine months, or the majority is one or the other. It's that the combination of the majority of women are pregnant well, are pregnant for nine months, and the majority of them are noticeable in their three months. So therefore, Isle Ruba, you know, that, that that following this sort of majority is sort of is is weakened in this regard, and that's why it's more of a suffix and they have to bring an Ashram Tali. So we said that um, the other thing that the Mishnah said is that this the baby is allowed to marry anyone and is not considered a mamzer. So so the Gemara is not going to cite a Baraisa that talks about what happens with this child versus the next child? So that so again, so the first husband dies, woman is pregnant, um, woman is pregnant with the second husband, and that you say that that child is not considered a mamzer. But what about the child after that? So Tanarabana, we learned in a baraisa. Rishon, Raiulios, Cohen Gadol. The first child is considered good enough that he is could if they're Kohanim, he could be a Cohen Gadol because there's no concern. So he's he's either Either he was the, um, you, you assume that there's no problem with that first child. Um, the Shani, Mamzer Misafik. But the next child is a Mamzer at a Suffolk. Why? He's a Mamzer at a Suffolk. Because if, um, if they, they remain married and she has another child 
and the next next child is definitely his if he was not supposed to be together with this woman because she was the wife of his brother and the first baby was really the baby of the first husband right therefore it's an it's an illegal marriage and therefore in theory this baby might could be considered a mamzer so my karma what are we saying um i'm this is what he's trying to say Rishon, Rael, Yos, Kohen, Gadol. The first one is eligible to be a Kohen, Gadol. Meaning he's completely okay because one way or the other he's a valid child. Vishani, Suffolk, Mamzer, Asr, But the second one is a Suffolk, Mamzer. And because he's a Suffolk, Mamzer, he is not allowed to even marry a Mamzeres. Because in order to marry a Mamzeres, you have, you have to be a full Mamzer. So... He's kind of like in this limbo state. He's in this Suffolk state. He can't really marry a um, a regular, quote-unquote, regular Jew because he's a Suffolk mamzer, and he can't marry a mamzeris because he's also a Suffolk mamzer. Um, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, ain't no Suffolk mamzer. He's not treated as a Suffolk mamzer. El avadai mamzer. He's treated as a vabdai mamzer. He's treated as a full mamzer, and therefore he's allowed to mutar mamzeris. He's allowed to marry a mamzeris. So he holds that, uh, Larry, yes. It, it, it begs the question to ask why why the Rabbanim allow them to stay married altogether and have this possible second child. Right. I, I, th- I, think the, I think he's supposed to have left her. I think that because they, they, right. they, they, he shouldn't have stayed together. That's why he's considered a monster, but he, they stayed together anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, but so he basically says that, uh, so that this opinion of Lesbian Yaakov says he's considered as a Vadai Mamzer. And because he's a Vadai Mamzer, he's allowed to marry a Mamzeris. So now we learn, learn it from the opposite angle. Rava Amar, Hachikamar, this is what he's trying to say. Rishon, Rayelios, Kohen Gadol. The first one is able to be the Kohen Gadol. Vesheni, Mamzer, Vadai, Misafek, Umutar, Mimamzeris. And the second one is considered a Vadai Mamzer. And he's allowed to marry a. Mamzeres because he's a vaday mamzer, he's allowed to marry mamzeres. Rabbi Ezra and Yaakov Omer ain vaday mamzer misafik. He's not considered a vaday mamzer because there's a there's suffik. El suffik mamzer va'aser ba mamzeres. He said, you know, so basically it's the same thing. It's just t- t- you know two different reports of the same story. One saying that he's a, that the second that Rabbi Ezra and Yaakov says he's a vaday mamzer and therefore allowed to marry mamzeres. And the other one says, no, Rabbi Ezra Yaakov says it's a Suffolk mamzer, and therefore not allowed to marry mamzeres. Um, so the Gemara explains why they have these different views. They come Rabbi Elezer, and Abayi and Rava argue about what Rabbi Elezer taught us. The Tanah we learned in a Mishnah that Rabbi Elezer Omer, Vadain Bevadan Mutter, that marriage is allowed between, between two people that are definitely of the same status. So if you have someone who is a um, a mamzer, they're allowed to marry a mamzer. Someone who is another full whatever whatever status they are, they're allowed to marry someone who is of the same status. Vadai bisvekan usvekan bivadai. So marriage is between someone who's a vadai and someone who's a suffik, or between a suffik and someone who's a vadai. Usvekan bisvekan, or between people that are both suffic of their status, usr. They're not allowed to be married. So, in other words, if the man is vadai and the woman is a suffic, they can't get married. If the woman is a vadai and the man is a suffic, they can't get married. If the man and the woman are both sveikan, then they're not allowed to marry. So, 
Ve'elahen, so what are, what are these cases? Ve'elahen Safkan. So now we're going to talk a little bit about genealogy. Ve'elahen Safkan. These are the ones that are not Safik. Shtuke, Vasufe, Vechute. A Shtuki and an Asufi and a Chuti. What, what are these things? So these are different classes. Um, a Shtuki is someone, is, they're called a Shtuki because their mother says, whenever he, whenever he calls, in the note, and article explains this, and Rashi probably explains this, Whenever he calls out daddy, father, the mother says, shh, shh, like he doesn't want to, want to make it clear that it's unknown who his father really is. Um, and Asufe is where both um, both the mother and the father are not known. It's kind of like, you know, like in the movies where the baby is left outside the firehouse. So you don't know who the mother or the father is. The Kuti, and you know, Kuti are the, were the people that that sort of converted because they, you know, were, were afraid of the lion situation and they're not necessarily reliable and they've, they've kind of gone off the, off the derrick somewhat. So you don't really know. They're not really full-fledged Jews. So all these people have some level of suffix about them. V'ama Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rav, Halachak Rabbi Elazar. The Halacha follows Rabbi Elazar. Because um, Rabbi Elazar said that only a Vaday can marry a Vaday and a suffix in all the other cases of a suffolk or a vade or a vade and a suffolk and a suffolk and a suffolk are not allowed to marry each other. Um, but when I said this in front of Shmuel, he said to me, Hillel Shina Asara Yuchsin Alabmi Bavel. That Hillel, um, this comes from Kedushin, I think, taught that there were Asara Yuchsin. There were 10 classes that came up from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. And what were they? Kohane, Levi, Yisrael, you know, the three that we're familiar with, Kohane, Levi, and Yisraelim. Chalale. Chalalim is someone who is a Kohen who married someone who's not supposed to marry. So if a Kohen marries a um, divorcee, then the child is considered a Chalal. Um, Gire are Gerim. Um, Chirure are, um, are um, Eveknanim, Canaanite slaves. That they they're in like this sort of a state of their own. Mamzire, moms are people who are moms are meaning that they were a product of an illicit relationship. Nisine, so Nisinim are we learned this earlier are the people that in the time of um, Yehoshua they claimed that they were not one of the of the seven nations of Canaan and they and they tried to make a treaty and therefore they converted and it was like an illegal relation illegal conversion. And therefore, they were they were called Nisinim because they were given the job that they had to be the people that carried the water and other stuff. And they were kind of viewed as being outside the camp. Shtukim and Asufim are the two things we talked about. So the, all these classes, v'chulan mutarin lavo zebazeh, and all of them are allowed to get into marriage one with the other. So they're not allowed to intermarry. But what it means is that if you're in one class, you can marry someone in another class. So if you're a Nassin, you can marry another Nassin. If you're a Shtuki, you can marry another Shtuki. Um, but we said that the Halacha follows Rabbi Elezer. So Rabbi Elezer said that you can only do it if it's Vaday, not if it's any form of suffix. So this sort of seems to sort of contradict that. Um, Abaye Savrele Kishmuel, the Amalach Kehillel. Abaye holds like Shmuel, who says that the Lacha follows like Hillel. Umokile Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, a Libra the And Abaye follows Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov according to Hillel. He hechi the Lokhtiche Halacha Kalchase. So that there should be no contradiction between one Halacha and the other. So there's a, there's this note 39 in the art scroll, if you have it, speaks about this. It basically says that there's this. Principle that everything that Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov said are 
free from error, meaning that even that he, even though he said things that were free, uh, less frequent than other people, whenever he said something, the halacha tended to follow him because he made sure that the halacha was was crisp. So, um, so therefore, any halacha that you decree, if you find that Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov says something else, you kind of have to reconcile it because you have this principle that Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov must have somehow worked it out. So once we say that the halacha follows um, Hillel, um, then how does that jibe with what Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov said? So because when when Abayi interprets Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov saying that um, he is is a mamzer from Suffolk, um, it means that we have to worry about this case of Suffolk. Um, so it's a question of if you know even though he's a Suffolk, you know you said that he would still be considered a, a vadai and would be allowed to marry. Um, so there shouldn't be any contradiction between between one halacha and the other halacha. So once we learned that the halacha follows Rabbi Eliezer, who doesn't allow marriage to, to occur between anyone who is a suffix, um, how does that reconcile with Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov? Um, so, so let's just go a little bit further and then we'll stop for today. How do I how do I know this? The whole sfeka Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov that everything that Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov um, was a suffake, we that Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov typically treats anything as a suffake as a vade. So that was like a principle that he did. That everything that was a suffake, he didn't hold suffake. He tried to clarify the opinion and do vade. The Tanya Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov Omer Harei Nashim Harme. If you have a per, you have a man. Who had relations with many women? He doesn't know with which of these women he actually had relationships with. He was so he was, you know, together with a whole bunch of women and a whole bunch of the of subset of that women he had relationships with. And a woman who had relationships with many men. And she doesn't know from which of them was the father of the relationship. You will find that you might have a situation because. Because you don't know who's who, who's the who's the father, who's the mother in these situations, you might wind up with the, the, any of these offspring um, getting together. That a father can marry a daughter, and a brother can says and a brother can marry the sister, because you have this situation where a man was with with many women, or a woman was with many men, and you don't know who's who. And the whole world will fill, will be full of mamzerim. And that's where it says in the Pasuk in um, in Vayikra that that you know when it, this is talking about like a zona and all that, it says that the, the land will be filled with Zima. Zima Zima is Varaba Zomahi. When it says the word Zima, the literal translation of Zima is Zumahi. What is this? Like we don't know. We don't know like the status of any of these children. Um, so therefore, we you know we have this this kind of situation. Um, so why don't we pause here and we'll continue again tomorrow. Um, thank you very much, everybody. Everyone should have a wonderful day. Thank you.